Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate all the uh, positive feedback that we've received on the show and, and encourage you, please remember, uh, rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you're using to listen. Uh, I'm honored to share a word from Trimble, our new sponsor. Trimble creates technology that empowers carriers to maximize resource utilization and streamline the driver experience to help them stay safe, compliant, and productive. Find out how by visiting transportation.trimble.com. I'm excited to be chatting today with John Elliott, CEO of Load One. He's been one of the most engaged industry leaders I've known over the years, and I want to be sure we uncover what helps separate Load One from the rest. Great to see you, John. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, during today's conversation, uh, I'd like to cover Load One's uh, business. I'd like to talk about your involvement in uh, TCA. I'd like to discuss the opportunities that you see ahead uh, in the industry. And of course, we'll take a question uh, submitted by a listener during our deeper dive segment. Uh, does all that work for you? That'd be great. Now, uh, can you share a little about uh, your background and how you got into the uh, trucking industry? You know, was it intentional or, or you know, or was it accidental? And maybe what led you uh, to take the helm at Load One back in 2003? Um, you know what? Uh, there's kind of two versions of the story of how I got to where I am today. <clears throat> um, the first version would be my grandfather um, became an owner, a truck driver and an owner operator, uh, founded his own carrier uh, years ago. My father was in trucking and worked as a senior executive for a number of trucking companies. Um, then I was determined to get out of trucking. When I got a degree in aviation management and uh, about a year later, I ended up back in trucking and I spent my whole life here. Um, the other version, which is also true, um, when I was a little kid, my uh, before my dad got into trucking, he was in retail management and he worked for a, a retail store out in New Jersey for a short period of time. And uh, I went to Gribbling Elementary School in Howell, New Jersey. And the only famous person to ever go to Gribbling Elementary School in Howell, New Jersey was an actor named Greg Evigan who at that time had his only big TV hit show was BJ and the Bear. So they had a giant picture of him and uh, Bear the monkey in the lobby of the school. And I said to myself, I want a monkey someday. So <laughs> I love that because I remember BJ and the Bear. I watched that growing up. I don't know how he ever delivered anything on time, but <laughs> that guy was able to like rescue the girl, beat the bad people up and everything else and still deliver and pick up on time. It's, he had a great skill set. It was right. obviously before electronic like, blogging. Absolutely. Not only that, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of our listeners who are like, BJ, and what? What is this? I don't know. I've never heard of it. Um, I Because at the, around that same young, time, I, yeah. <laughs> um, I remember uh, Clint Eastwood, you know, any was it uh, Any Which Way But Loose? Or there was a couple different ones. Right where he had the, the orangutan. Yep. Yeah. So that was uh, that, that's a lot of fun. I think that's that was probably my my introduction to the trucking industry, you know, that and, of course, you know, Smoking the Bandit and some of those some of those shows. We've come a long way since then and hopefully improved the image of the industry uh, to some degree since then. We're doing we're doing our best. Right. It's it's a battle. You know, it's funny. I think back then, I mean, um, you know, truck drivers were looked at as the knights of the highway and that I think it was in some ways more highly respected than it is today. Yet the industry has has done a lot to become a lot more respectful. Um, but the, the public, I guess, just for whatever reason, viewed it much differently, I think, when I was young. Well, I'm curious from a, from a business standpoint, what are the what are the metrics 
that that you focus on the most? I mean, obviously, there's certainly, and I'm not going to talk about anything that's, uh, uh, you know, that, that's out of balance. But I mean, in, in terms of the things that matter when it comes to recruiting and retention, are there any particular metrics that that matter to you that you put a lot of uh, attention or give a lot of attention? You know, I think um, trucking is an industry right now that has, uh, I call it data overload. Uh, we have so many metrics, <clears throat> um, great dashboards, you have reports, you have this, that. Um, you know, we, we try to look at, obviously, driver turnover as a number. Um, you know, um, you have different types of turnover. You know, some are going out for medical, some retire with age. You know, so we look at the um, involuntary or you have involuntary that we choose to terminate uh, the relationship with. And then you have voluntary. So voluntary is really the one that we most look at. Uh, we also look at involuntaries to why was it accidents things like that to look and say did we hire the right person before that that we make sure that that bucket is is looked at and good um but you know voluntary turnover i think is the number one and then you have to look at the metrics that can help feed into that um you know pay is always uh, a driver you know um, so we we look at we we try not to just recruit to recruit all the time um, we try to look at the average revenue per vehicle by vehicle size because we have different size and class vehicles in our fleet. And that to make sure that the, that number is a good number, that we're not just adding trucks to water that number down. So I, I think um, some companies have been historically guilty of it because and, and I understand that because you once you get that machine running, you want to get so many a week in because you're possibly going to lose so many and that. But I don't think long term that's the best way to uh, to run your business. Now, as long as I've been involved with TCA, I've always noticed how engaged uh, and, and involved you are, uh, how active you are. Can you can you speak to your involvement with with the TCA, with the association, and 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 how it's helped you and your business? Yeah, I mean, I've been an officer of TCA now for like seven years. I currently serve as the first vice chairman, so I have about uh, seven months or so, eight months till I take the helm as chairman. Um, you know, so it, uh, it's a great organization. Uh, I love the things that we're doing to help promote truckload and that. And, and I look at truckload even in our smaller vehicle segments as, you know, it's exclusive use on the vehicle. So I, I find that it, it fits. Um, you know, things we're doing uh, as far as uh, government affairs, the things that we do for safety, uh, programs like Driver Angel, Race Across America, uh, Moving the uh, Vietnam Wall, or the wall that heals, uh, you know, the, the capital Christmas tree. There, there's so many different aspects, you know, owner operator of the year, driver of the year programs, the safety awards, uh, best fleets. I mean, you, you can go on and on. And I think the organization does a, a ton uh, scholarships. That's another huge, huge item. I mean, TCA does an extremely large lift on scholarships every year and that. And you look at those things and, and they're all really good things for the industry and give back and promote the image of what we we do and what our drivers do every day out there. Well, you're you're not only it's not only there and not only, you know, it's evident at, at TCA, uh, your engagement, but I've also seen how involved you are in different you know, charities in your community, uh, as well as you mentioned Reefs Across America. You know, that's a big deal. Honoring fallen soldiers. That's something that I think is near and dear to most Americans. Um, you know, aside from the, the self gratification that comes from helping others, uh, can you talk, how has that impacted your business or, you know, your, your company culture? You know, I think um, people want to work for a company or with a company that takes part in good things. Um, anybody can move freight from A to B. 
and that. I think it's really more the fact of what you do holistically as a company. Um, and, and things like Reach Across America, and that, uh, which is near and dear to my heart, I served as a veteran. And <clears throat> this, the, to see the pride that our drivers and our company takes, our employees donate throughout the year to save money uh, to buy Reese every year. I mean, we we will charter uh, one or two tour buses every year to go up to this one cemetery in Michigan so that our employees can take part and help lay Reese. You know, on top of our drivers, it gets the uh, sacred honor of transporting those Reese uh, across the country. And, and we've been blessed and, and got to participate for a long time now in, in the convoy to Arlington every year. And I've been there many, many years and that, and that it's just hard to explain how that an event like that touches you. But when all your employees get to take part in things like that, you know, again, it helps to build the family bond. The drivers see that you care beyond the four walls um, and that and that you want to give back to the community. And and it, it's a program where they get to take part because, you know, unfortunately, it's hard with over the road drivers. They're not always in the right place or the right time location to be able to take part in some things. Well, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, culture and, and the challenge that some companies have because they'll say any, any sort of tips or tricks to help us, you know, retain drivers better. And it's not like that. It's that's gimmicky stuff, right? It's you're talking about care, show that you care, let them see that you care. Uh, and I think that's something that's really important. And, and I do think that that's a commonality among companies that are uh, performing better than, than some of their peers, at least in terms of retention culture and those sorts of things is that is that they they do a really good job of of caring and showing that they care yeah i mean i think it's easy to have a tagline it's it's a whole other thing to have a culture that really goes with that and and you have to make sure at least in my opinion and i'm, I'm no expert in that but i i believe that companies are top-down driven and that so it has to start and the buy-in has to start from the top and that and that availability to the drivers that accessibility that compassion that that genuine concern to improve their work life and to try to optimize their time and, and for revenue for them um, and what they're able to provide then to take home for their families and the community and that um, you know I think that's everyone's responsibility and that and retention is not just one person in a company or two persons in a company I mean it goes down to the person that handles processing a driver's payroll every week making sure it's accurate and on time because they, their family depends on that. You know, it's the mechanic, it's the janitor, it keeps the bathroom clean for them. I mean, it, it, there's a there's a million touch points and it's just really making sure you have a cohesive mindset throughout a company. Yeah, no, excellent point. Uh, everybody plays a part. Uh, you, switching gears a little bit, let's talk about uh, image, right? You know, uh, You've also, you've received numerous awards uh, in recent years for being, you know, innovative and, and being for an advocate for improving the industry's image. You're uh, very active there and it's an ongoing concern. What else do you think we can we can be doing to improve the image and, and attract more new entrants to the industry? You know, I think, um, you know, TCA and uh, ATA with the uh, Trucking Moves America Forward program, I think is phenomenal. Uh, we're a big supporter. Um, you know, I, we have, I think, 25 uh, TMAF image trailers uh, that are, and most of those are customized for our company. Again, uh, it's a it's a great program. It helps promote the image of the industry, one. Two, it, it builds pride in your fleet because, again, your drivers are seeing that you're reinvesting in the image of their industry. They're the ones out there on the road every day. Um, our drivers all want to haul those trailers. They take a lot of pride in them. 
I mean, somebody drops one of those in the yard, you know, somebody's under it as quick as they can get rabbit versus, you know, taking one of the couple hundred, you know, plain vanilla type trailers because they, they take pride. They take pride in that message and that graphic and, and everything that's on the back about how many drivers in this country are, you know, one's driving this truck and safety is important to us and, and those things. They want that message out there. They they deserve the respect and, and you know, we're, they're getting a little bit more of it. The pandemic kind of helped a little bit for America to realize how much we needed drivers during the supply chain issues of the pandemic and those supply chain issues are still going on. So um, I think the message resonates really well right now, especially with what America has been through and what, how they had to rely on drivers the last two, three years. We got to keep that going. We can't let them forget, you know, and I think to your point, uh, the ATA put it, there was a video that was created a few years ago. Um, it, it was, it was amazing set to set to music. And it was just talking about, uh, I think it's called imagine. And it's, uh, it's really, I mean, it's moving. I've, I've watched it a million times. It's so moving, but it was done all pre COVID. I mean, COVID wasn't part of this whole equation. And I think it's a really good opportunity to reinvent that uh, video, uh, redo it, kind of, you know, a new version that includes all the uh, all that's transpired, you know, as a result of, of COVID and the, and the improvement that we've seen in, in the image as a result. We just really got to leverage that as much as we can, because um, if you that's you're driving point. down it's the highway. Video. It was oh, a great yeah. moving video. I don't remember. It was this, I think it was a supplier that, that created that, but it was. It was, it was, it was, yeah, for sure. It was a great video. I know we shared it on our social media in that yeah. first time. Well, and, and I think, uh, you know, in, in contrast, you drive down the highway and you see billboard after billboard of, you know, plaintiff's attorneys who are like, you know, we're going to sue the, the heck out of all these, you know, trucking companies. And I can get you millions. And that's not, that that's counter to what is the truth and what really, you know, uh, what we're trying to, what, how we're trying to operate and who we want to be. Um, and I think that, that, that Imagine video, sort of uh, encapsulates that really well. Now, earlier this year, I interviewed Jim Ward, you know, CEO of DM Bowman, current TCA chair. Um, we had a great conversation. He, great yeah, guy. Great guy. And, and he brought up the idea of redefining what we even call this essential role. And I know you know where I'm going with this, right? Instead of a truck driver, we call it a CVO, a commercial vehicle operator. You know, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, what are your thoughts on that idea? You know what? I, I think... I. I, I like it. I mean, it, it's, you know, we call a pilot a pilot. We don't call him an airplane driver. And that we call it a, a, a ship, a captain, not a, mm -hmm. ship, a ship driver. Right. And that, um, so yeah, I think it's a great idea. I, I don't know how heavy the lift would be to get the world to get up to that new term, but I think, uh, I think it's definitely one more step in the right direction. You know, we can get that into the vocabulary. I think we keep banging the drum. If we just if we stop saying truck driver, we keep doing. It, eventually, it'll catch on, or maybe they'll send us off to a loony bin or something. But uh, I'm a yeah. I, I think that's really There's always cool. a fine line. <laughs> there it is. Well, that's on that's on any given day. Uh, True. Load, load one is a truckload carrier, you know, specialized carrier, also in the expedite business. Uh, yep. You've you've both interstate and intrastate authorities. Now, while I understand you're a primarily owner-operators, but also have company drivers as well, I, yeah. I'm curious, with the intrastate authority, do you do you happen to have any intrastate CDL drivers, you know, between 18 to 21? No, we do not. We do not. Um, you know, we're being, we're primarily an expedite carrier. We, I mean, we have truckload, we have specialized, we consider those um, divisions of our expedite group. 
Um, Expedite tends to be, uh, we, we require a higher level of experience on a driver just because of the nature of the product. It's like, you don't want the, the new kid driving the ambulance. You know, you, you drive some other vehicles and you, when you graduate up to an ambulance because it's a more critical service. But, um, so for us, that was something we never looked at. And I think the other, the other problem you run into with the uh, intrastate authority deal is somebody like us based in Detroit, well, we couldn't run 45 minutes to Toledo, Ohio, but I can, we could drive almost 800 miles to go up to the Upper Peninsula and back. So it, it, there's limitations with it, but it, it generally just doesn't fit our expedite business model at this time. Yeah, but I'm curious, uh, and, and I think that's the case with most companies, even if they have an intrastate authority as well as their as interstate, um, it just doesn't fit because of the, this. it's not just, um, you know, that there, there are so many other factors and so many other caveats, not being able to cross state lines and so on. Um, obviously, you, you're aware of the ongoing effort uh, from many in the industry to, to reduce that minimum age. How do you feel? about the effort to reduce that minimum age from uh, for interstate CDL drivers from 21 to 18? Well, it's actually to move them to interstate, uh, to make it national aware. Because again, it doesn't, it doesn't, I, I have a couple of views on the on the debate. Um, it doesn't make sense that a, a driver in Michigan here could drive 600 miles and stay in the state, but can't drive 45 miles and cross into Toledo, Ohio. So that, that logic is, is kind of failing there. Um, you know, on, on the other hand, um, you know, younger drivers make me nervous. And that, that was, there's safety concerns there. Unfortunately, uh, the FMCSA, we've never been able to get enough data to show if that sector, sector is more likely to have accidents or less likely. So I don't like going into things blindfolded and that, uh, especially with insurance and the insurance industry and that the way it is. Now, on the other hand, we, we have a desperate need for drivers. And I look and the other side of me, the devil's advocate would be like, we'll, we'll take uh, a kid right out of high school, put him in the military, teach him to drive a $2 million tank or probably a $20 million, $50 million. I don't even know what a modern tank costs. But I mean, we'll put them in the battle driving a tank and things like that. So obviously with the proper training, they can do it. And that I think the, the new uh, proposal has um, a lot of mandatory training in it. I think it ha requires a lot of uh, safety equipment be mandated on the trucks, you know, the latest anti-collision, uh, braking systems, uh, lane departure systems, things like that. So I think that that is a strong offset. So I, th I, think, I think we need to do something as an industry where we're pretty much the only industry that you can't graduate high school and get into. I think, I think nuclear power plants are the other, only other one I can think of where you have to be 21 to work at a nuclear power plant. So even if a, a high school senior says, you know what, I really want to drive truck. That's really what my my goal is. That's what I want to do. That's where I find my passion. He's got to graduate. And for the most part, go find something else to do for a couple of years. So he turns 21 and then come back into the industry. Well, you know, like everyone, after three years, you found something else. You're in a different career now. You know, your dream or your your goal goes away because, well, this is what I do now. And I moved up one level and and that. So we we lost them. We you know, we, we, that three-year jump is, is a dead period where we lose a lot of people who I think would find this a very attractive industry that you can get into uh, without having hundreds of thousands of dollars in education debt. I mean, making a good living pretty quick and that. So it, it's, it is a good industry. Just our rules today make it a challenge on ourselves. 
Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, with a minimum age of 21 and the average age of a new entrant being nowhere near 21, but, you know, mid to late 30s. I mean, that's just that's so telling. Um, but I think you, you I think you hit it on the head. It, it really starts with training. You got to really train them really, really well. And then and then maybe an 18 year old or 19 year old driver wouldn't wouldn't scare anyone so much, you know, properly trained. And I know in this uh, most recent infrastructure bill that's being worked on uh, in the Senate that uh, there is, you know, a pilot program that's included in there with a lot of the the caveats from Drive Safe Act. So there's, uh, while I know that the FMCA has the authority to change, arbitrarily change that minimum age, I think it's the responsible thing, to your point, um, to allow uh, data to, you know, you know, have access to data over the course of, I think, a three-year pilot uh, period. And we can see, and I think with the proper training, we will see that to an 18 to 20-year-old driver properly trained uh, can operate in an interstate capacity and certainly has would have a much better safety uh, record than their 18 to 20-year-old current counterpart that is an intrastate driver who's not trained nearly to the same extreme uh, to extent. Would you? Uh, and the equipment, and they don't have the equipment requirements. Correct. So I, I, I would have to believe between the two, for sure. I mean, especially just the equipment uh, equipment requirements alone. You know, we we know automatic braking, we know lane avoidance or lane departure, anti rollover. We know those technologies work. I mean, we put them on every one of our company trucks because they work, and that. And we want to be safe as an industry. We don't want the, a phone call with an accident. I don't want someone getting hurt. Or my driver being hurt. You know, things happen. I mean, deer strikes. I mean, there's some things that are you know unfortunately somewhat out of our grasp of control. But we need to try to control every one that we can that we can prevent, hopefully, from happening. You know, technology helps us to do that. And, and as an industry, we need to embrace it and keep embracing it. Yeah, uh, couldn't say that better now. I have, I have two more uh, quick questions. One, looking back, you know, over the last uh, 18 or so years, uh, especially, you know, in your, in your role at Load One, what are you most proud of? You know, I, I started the company, like I said, 18 years ago, and I look at what it's grown to today and that, and um, you know, there's a lot of pride in that. And it's really the the people. I mean, my my greatest skill set or luck, depending on how you put it, has been putting together um, an excellent management team who's just been through thick and thin, ups and downs. Now I can say pandemics. I mean, it, it, we've had everything but the kitchen sink thrown at us. And we've continued to grow and improve this company and continue to do so. And we're, we're on a great path uh, going forward. So it's it's exciting times for us. And so what what is it that keeps you up at night? Is there anything that keeps you up at night? Oh, I live by train tracks. So those, those help. But, uh, you know, I, I think the things that you worry about in the industry, um, you know, insurance, you know, lawsuits and that, like you said, the the billboards on the highway or, you know, the, the fact that we desperately in this industry need tort reform and that, um, you know, to make things fair and right. Um, it, it shouldn't, if, if you get in an accident with another car and they'll settle in a certain number, if, if the truck gets into an accident, same accident with a car, well, that's 20 million. I mean, and there's no, it, there, the fact that it's commercial vehicle versus personal vehicle should have no relevance on how those things are paid out. And that, and we we need to come up with a more logical, equitable system 
uh, for when accidents happen. Man. I mean, it's it's just run amok. Yeah, no, I agree. And th- th- there's there's a lot of boogeymen out there. That's certainly uh, that's a major one. Uh, John, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, in Vegas at TCA. I'll be there. Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the High Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the High Road and whatever platform you listen. Until next time, thank you for Taking the High Road. Trimble creates technology that empowers carriers to maximize resource utilization and streamline the driver experience to help them stay safe, compliant, and productive. Find out how by visiting transportation.trimble.com.